Amen. Good morning. If anybody was at the first service, I am not Peter Brunton. Peter spoke at the first service, but halfway through it, I noticed he grabbed his left side. And so uh, we've taken him to the hospital. We believe just going through everything that the only thing it could be is probably a kidney stone. And there was a part in his message, I think he was talking about removing stones in our life, and he got struck. So we might have seen an actual miracle. So, but uh, do we remember him a prayer? Before we get going, we have a, a food bank, an emergency food bank, that we keep at the church uh, primarily for people in, in the church, you know, because there's times... There's times that uh, come, either self-inflicted or even sometimes God hides our face, just uh, hides his face from us just to make us rely, you know, on others. You know, he, he attacks pride. He, he can, he, you know, he, he allows these things to happen so that we can be closer and also to the body. So we do have a food bank. And let me tell you that uh, we have also, I've had numerous people at the end of the, especially at the end of the third service, sometimes the end of this one, but they come up because they see the people coming and going, and they come up, and I would say at least, at least once a month, I personally am handing out food. So right there in the back, Deborah Condon heads this up, and you can help support this, because you, one day you might even be helping yourself, but it's definitely helping the body of Christ and being a witness to the world now, you can do this by bringing in canned goods. Uh, you can, uh, when you're at Publix or wherever you shop, uh, purchase food carts and uh, hand those cards, or they take direct donations, but they're right in the back. Could you wave at the Condens back there? Hello, Condens. Yes. And it really is a blessing um, for those who are in that special need. And actually, if you are here and, you, and you're in that need, uh, please let your request be known. Uh, this, this is not for us to have a big bank because as soon as food comes in, it goes out. So uh, please make yourself available to that either in giving or receiving. Well, hallelujah. We want to say hello to all those who are coming to us uh, via the Internet. Uh, a couple Sundays ago, last Sunday, we had over 100 people are watching live so that's another church that's our fourth service and then during the week we usually have about another 200 who tune in because their their times uh, inhibit them I mean right now they're in bed uh, we have a lot of people from India the Philippines uh, Dubai uh, many in Scotland and England <clears throat> so hey Today, we want to take a look at, last week, I started, uh, we started a month series, and I was at the kickoff, and it's about freedom. Now, everybody wants to be free. I want my freedom. We saw the, you know, Braveheart, goes, we want our freedom. And the, the deal with freedom is there is no such thing as freedom unless there is a thing of bondage. You wouldn't know that freedom exists unless slavery existed. See, if, if everybody just walked in freedom, that's just normality. It's just a normal thing. You would never know that there is, you know, a light and a dark if the sun never sat. 
Well, the Bible talks constantly about freedom, to, to gain your freedom, to take hold of your freedom. And we see through the scriptures that so often it's addressing things that steal our freedom. When you accept Jesus on the cross, you immediately are freed from hell. You have a place waiting for you. Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And I'm returning for a bride. You know, he's not returning for a wife because, you know, wife can get you upset and irritated. You know, you've been, I've been married for 40 years, and every now and then, you know, Chris will just go, hey, what do you think we go? I'm, are you telling me what to do? You know, I wonder, like, you just can't, it's just, come on. Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. You just get irritated. You can just wake up irritated. You know, it's just like, I want to fight today. <clears throat> but it's all different when it's a bride, isn't it? He doesn't say, I'm coming back for my wife. He goes, I'm coming back for a bride. She can do no wrong. And if she does wrong, I'll pay for it. I remember when Crystal and I got married, I said, I'm not getting married with any debts. She owed money on her little Honda Civic. I said, well, before we get married, I'm paying that thing off. And I paid it off. Because my bride was perfect. I didn't go, hey, could you, could you double a few of those payments up to hurry this thing along? No, I didn't put one cent on her. I said, I'm writing a check tomorrow. What's the name of your bank? And I wrote it. And that's what happens when we accept the Lord. Now, what do we find out after the wedding? They have school debt. <laughs> Crystal did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I, I, I've counseled I've, I've with people, you know, to get married. I said, look, you want to get married at zero. You want to get, you know, no payments. You want to just go home after work, you know, and just play house. Okay? You don't have to want to fight about bills, this and that. That is coming. But let's just deal in your relationships first here. I've counseled, counseled with people, they go, oh, we have no debt. And they get married, and they go, oh, but I got 45000 in school debt, and I didn't graduate. Oh, it's no problem. Oh, it's a problem. And, you know, people come to know the Lord. They accept the work of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Boom! They are destined for heaven. But they brought some school debt that they have to pay as long as they're alive in this life. And that's what we find in the scriptures. Are you free? Yes. And you have the potential of being completely free, as I said last week, free indeed. So we want to address some of those things that are addressed in here. And we've got four wells that Isaac dug. He dug four wells. And the deal back then, if you, deal, if you dug a well and you hit water, you were blessed. If you dug a well and it was fresh water, you were really blessed. And there is a destiny there. You have a destiny that, that it's just going to speak of blessings every, every way you, you turn. And <clears throat> there's a lot of scripture to read here. We'll, go, we'll read most of it. And bear with me because these are Peter's notes and he just handed them to me. 
<laughs> but the nice thing is a few weeks ago, I kind of touched on a few of these things uh, in, in my 12th meeting. So if we turn our attention to Genesis 26 in the first six verses, it says, now there was a famine in the land. I, I like that because it was a hard time. Now remember, what's unique about the Bible, it's a history book, okay? And it's a prophecy book. You can find history all through it. You can find bad behavior. The Bible's not condoning bad behavior. But if you look at what's happening and what is possible with God, there's a blessing that's about to take place. There's promises that are about to take place. And the first thing that qualifies is there's a famine in the land. You see, what the land is suffering, what other people can't get jobs at, what other people cannot support, there's a famine in the land. There may be a famine all around you, but there's the difference. God has got a well for you to dig to bless you. He's going to point something for you to go do, and it will come in. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. Guess what? And, and, I, and Isaac got the blessing, the promise that God gave Abraham. So Isaac gets the same blessing that his dad got. And guess what? What was going on in Abraham's time when Abraham got the blessing? A famine. Wow. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gear. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I, told, I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them these lands. And though your offsprings, uh, through your offsprings all nations on the earth will be blessed. Wow. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commandments, my decrees, my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gear. When the men of the place asked about his wife. Okay, well, let's take a look. The men are about to do something. But here you have God speaking a blessing over him to his father. Because you've got to follow this train of thought. God gives a blessing to his father. His father goes on, passes, goes to be with the Lord. Now he gives it to his son, Isaac. He appears to him. So it's not just the God of my father. It was the God of my father, but now that same promise has given to me. And in both instances, it was in a time of famine. A blessing has come. But something happens. Now the men of the place asked him about his wife. He said, she is my sister, because he was afraid to say she is my wife. He thought 
the men of the place might kill him according to Rebecca, on account of Rebecca, because she was so beautiful. And Pete was made this point earlier. He goes, okay, so you, you don't, I mean, she must have been one, whew, to be that beautiful. So she's married, let's kill him, I want her, all right. She had to be pretty good looking for that day, whatever that means. You know, most of your teeth, I don't know. Um, was he given a blessing? Was, was Abraham given a promise? Yes. And that promise and blessing was of God, yes. And said, you know what? All you gotta do is keep my commandments and I'm gonna give you that blessing. But now, fear has come in. It doesn't matter how blessed you are. It doesn't. God said, I'm going to bless you. I am with you. You're keeping my commandments. And now this situation comes up in the real world where I live because she is so good looking and someone, they might kill me to get to her. So he comes up with this great idea. Say, hey, she's my sister. But you know what? Now Abraham has to go home and risk his life with his wife. What you tell him I'm your sister for? You know, I know if that's how it works at your house, but at, at mine, that he just totally comes up with this new scheme, regardless of all this that God has said to him. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, what is this that you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, anyone who harms this man or his wife shall, shall surely be put to death. Even in his lie, now he's got a protection. Is this not the favor of God? And here's a problem. I've seen this with men of God. They've been gifted. And then something in the real world happens. And out of fear or fear of being found out or shame they lie and then I see God still bless them but it comes with a price it catches up and it, did you hear me men, I've seen great men of God do the same thing and God still blesses them so here it is he lies about his wife Abimelech finds out he goes what have you done he goes I was afraid you're going to kill me he goes well Okay, I'm, no one is to touch this woman and no one is to kill this man. He gets a blessing. Still, but as a price. Because of that lie. He became, oh, Isaac planted crops in the land and that same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Blessed again. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So 
all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filled them with earth, put dirt in them. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. Let's go back and take, could, one of the guys in the back, could you bring my root? <laughs> well, it's not my root. Let's take a look. It starts off with God's promised blessing to Isaac, actually to Abraham and Isaac. And if you look at it, in the part that I was teaching a couple weeks, uh, if you look at Abraham's blessing and you look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they go hand in hand. It's like the, 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 the requirements of Abraham's blessing is that he was going to not just be blessed, but he was going to bless the nations. There comes my root. Thank you. I forgot to bring it out. How could you forget bringing this thing out, right? There was a blessing that God gave. And so in this blessing, God's promised blessing to Isaac and now that blessing is ours, as we see in Galatians chapter 3. That we come under the blessing of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. In doing so, let's take a look. In verse 7, we see now there's a curse. There's a blessing. And, and, dragging you along here. God has, give, God has blessed us. He, when we went to the cross, he's blessed us. He's forgiven us. God blessed Isaac. And in that blessing, Isaac has a problem. Isaac is not walking in complete freedom. In fact, he brings bondage on him. Isaac, I, there's a curse in Isaac's life. And you know what? What's the curse? He's a liar. He lied. Now, what's interesting about this story, <clears throat> Abimelech is looking over, you know, he sees Isaac hugging his supposedly sister, caressing her in such a way that he goes, that ain't your sister. And if it is, it ain't right. So he's got a little look over. And, and <laughs> here's what's interesting. Guess what his daddy did? His his dad did the same thing. He lied about Sarah. And guess who he lied about Sarah to? Abimelech. Can you see Abimelech going, hey, who's your dad again? But wait. Do you know what they call that? That's a family curse. That's a generational thing that it was in my dad and now it's in me and what the whole dis what's disturbing about this is I'm going to heaven but in this life I can lay my own snares and traps and God will bless us God continued to bless him even though he's walking in a curse of his family. Lied. He lied to the king. He lied to the whole nation. This is, he, 
He endangered his wife. He endangered the nation. As the king said, he goes, a curse would have come on us if we had taken your wife. This was a serious thing. Yet God blessed him, didn't he? To a point. To a point. Isaac prospers, yet he loses ground. Because it said, Isaac planted crops in the land, and that year he reaped a hundredfold. How many would like to reap a hundredfold this year? One, okay, all right, what's your yearly income? Okay, a hundredfold, just take those two zeros and put at the end of your yearly income. Now, who wants to increase a hundredfold? Amen. He was blessed and he was struggling. What, how, how's that? He increased a hundredfold, but guess what? People came so jealous of him. They filled in his well. That was his blessing. You know, they filled in his wells that the servants had dug. And the king said, you're too, you're too rich, you're too powerful, leave. He, had, he was blessed and he loses his ground. Why? How can I be so blessed? And I'm losing ground. Because even though he has a blessing, he's come under a bondage. He has lost some form of freedom. I couldn't be any wealthier. But he's losing ground. Well, let's take a look. So the wells that Isaac dug, it's the well of argument, the well of opposition, the well of open space, the well of oath. And we'll take a quick look at this because of the ministry time. It's in verse 17. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Giar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the name of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same name his father gave them. In verse 19, it says, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well, fresh water there. But the herders of Giar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So he named it Isaac. Which became, because it, was, it means disputed. It means this place of dispute. So, so there was an argument. So he, dug, he digs a well. And that well, he hit fresh water again. And though that, it, the well represents well, you know, wealth, life, it was disputed. It was a well of argument. He was still struggling. Though they filled it in and he, did the, he went back and undug it, they still argued and claimed that it was theirs, that they had the right. So there was dirt that was thrown into this well. He digs it back out. And what's the problem? The, what was the reason for all this problem, even though he was walking the blessing? It was because he was a liar. There was a root in his life. That needed to be dug out, not the well. It's clear to says that they dug out the well where he needed to dig out the root 
in his life. Was he getting a blessing? Because God doesn't go back on his promises. Yeah, he was going to get his promise. But there was a root that he placed in his life that needed to be pulled out. Need to be cleared up. You know, the, the, the divisions. And the, the divisions and arguments came because he created a division between he and the people when he misled them. Well, the second well, the well of opposition. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. They named it Sitna. Sitna, the well of opposition, it means also conflict. The arguments arrived. Here we have opposition. This is the well of opposition that's constantly being opposed. All because they're digging out the wrong thing. It doesn't matter how many wells of of you know, refreshing wells of opportunity. There's a root that needs to be dug out that we've placed in our life. And that's what the Lord is, is trying to say to Isaac here, to, to point him to it. And just because of time, I want to move forward. Because at this point, it should be coming real to us. Are we out trying to dig new wells? You know, I know for the third service, I'm going to tie this into men and women who are trying to find their mate. That's trying to dig a well of life and refreshing when you really need to be digging out the root in your own. Because it doesn't matter who you bring in to refresh you if you have this root, a lying root, a, 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 a root that misrepresents who you are. You can dig whatever well that you want, and no matter what investment you make, wherever you move to, I'm going to move to North Carolina. I was so sick. You know, I've been doing this a long time. Every time someone goes to North Carolina, goes, oh, God's called me to North Carolina. <clears throat> Never really works out good. Because, you know, when they move, they take their potted plant with the root in it. It goes with them. They're going to dig a new well instead of digging an old root. So what is it in our life? What, what ground does the enemy have rights on? See, in this one, in the well of opposition, he was being opposed because they were saying, we have right to that well. We have right to that well. So the enemy puts things in our life or we, oh, we have put things in our life that belongs to the enemy. That he can come along and say, I have right to this. No, no, that which you took, that belongs to me. And if it's in your house, I have rights to it. That thing that you put in your business, you got that contract, you, that belongs to me. I'm the father of lies. That belongs to me. I have the right to this well. That's right. I've got rights. 
It's interesting. Jesus said, he's talking to Peter. He goes, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Satan is saying, I own some of that. I'm going to sift it out. I have the right to do it. Well, the next one is well of open space. Genesis, he moved from there and dug another well. And no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehobo. Both. Saying, now the Lord has given us room and will flourish in this land. And it basically means open space, open room. Now there's a freedom. There's a freedom that's coming about. Now, you wonder where my root came from. This, my grandson, Doug. Dug out of the ground. Peter <clears throat> had some plants growing in the backyard, some trees. And he had someone come along and cut them all off. This is the top. He had them all cut off. Well, guess what? They came back with a vengeance. And so he realized, he goes, we're never going to recover our backyard until we take out the roots. We you know what he did is he planted a whole bunch of plants. And I told him, plant this, plant this, plant. And he planted all these plants. And this stuff was covered, but it came out. And because of this root, it grew faster than the plants that he planted. What happened to the plants that he planted? They died. And so, being a good father, he told his son, son, you're going to dig these roots out. And Gail dug six of these out. Uh, over the first one, he goes, Dad, I can't do any more. He goes, why? He goes, because it's hard. He goes, why do you think you're doing it? <laughs> but it's interesting. You know, we, we can snip this and this and this and this and this and this and this one off. But what's underneath? It's called the taproot. But we can't get to that root until we snip this one. And then... What's under this one is that one. And what's under that one is that one. And you can snip them all, but it's coming back until you dig the root out. And then you have open space. You can't get open space until you dig the roots out. So after this open space, there's freedom. The last well he dug is the well of oath. From there, he went to Beersheba. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. That day I, Isaac's servant came and told him about the well they had dug. And they said, well, it, it, 
the water's great. We found good water. And they called it uh, Sheba. And to this day, that town has been called Bathsheba. It was at that point, uh, there comes an oath. And you know what? At this time, he has dealt with his lie. He dealt with the lie. He goes, this is my wife. You're right. I've been found out. And he repented from that. And he goes through and he's reaping these things. Although he has the promise of God in his life, he is struggling and he's struggling and he keeps digging these wells and he had to dig through all these things that opposed him, all the oppositions that came upon him till he realized there was open space. He got to a place where he'd worked through his opposition and now they've come to the place. It says, all right, do not be afraid. Guess what the real root? Why did he lie? It's fear. It's fear. Why do we lie? The Lord comes to this last one. He goes, okay, you now, I'm going to give you an oath because the king is going to come back. The king is coming back and says, listen, I'm going to make an oath with you. Because you become, everything you do is so blessed. It is so blessed. I'm going to make an oath with you. I will not attack you. I'm not going to have all my people not steal from your people. Please don't attack me. Don't steal from my people. I will make an oath to you that we can live at peace. The opposition is done. But the Lord said before Abimelech could come, he said, don't be afraid. Because before he had the promise of God, right? The blessings of God. But he allowed fear to come in. And that fear was a lie. It turned into a lie. I have to protect what God's doing. So he has to dig all these wells, uprooting this root till he comes to the truth. I was afraid. Fear has no place. And if it does, we have to attack it. We have to address it immediately if we're going to walk into our freedom. What is that root? What is that fear? And one of the reasons we do small groups and, and, you know, and, and the, the Monday nights, Northwest U, is to get with other people to come together. You know, when Pete was back there passing a stone or something, whatever it was. People came up and prayed for him. He turned to me, he said, take the message. He goes, I can't do it. I can't stand up. Take me to the hospital. We go to the hospital. It's covered. When you're in need, if there's a root, you have the blessings of God. You have the freedom to go to heaven, but there's roots in our life, and that's why we gather together. That's why we need to be honest. You know what? I can't go any further. I have this root in my life. Help me. Help me. I need the freedom now. I'm stuck. You can't have freedom unless you win a battle.
whatever roots in our life. You don't have to fight it alone. It's been there a long time. It's even under the surface. You may not even recognize it. Have you ever noticed when someone comes along and tries to recognize what's under the surface and you call them a liar? It's not there. We all know we see the sprouts come up every month. And you're cutting down those sprouts. But there's no room to plant anything new. You don't have an open space to grow. All you're doing is cutting that stuff down. And you're spending all your time trying to keep anybody from seeing it. Try, trying to keep it from coming up and choking out anything you have left. We got to dig it up. That's the battle. That's the battle. So, you know what's in the house that belongs to the enemy. You know what's in your heart that belongs to the enemy. And God's saying, freedom. Freedom comes when you go from here to there. You don't get freedom staying here. Something changes. Some hope comes. What's that fear that you have to lie for? What's the fear? Let's stand. You know, <clears throat> when you dig the thing up, don't put it on the mantle. It's not a trophy. That's just ugly, isn't it? That's just, just ugly. It's nasty. And it's in her life. And you might think, you know what? This has been a kind of a heavy message. Man, this is a great day. Because victory is right here. You're right here. Victory's right here. What I believe the Lord is telling us is, you know what? Put a shovel. Go, go, up to, go up to that little thing that sticks to the surface. Go a foot back. Put a shovel in. What are you going to feel? Root. Oh, dang. Back up a little bit more. Dang. That little thing right there, don't fool yourself. That little plant coming up. The roots are out here. God's with you. We're with you. There's someone to come alongside to help you. It's called the Holy Spirit. That may come in a voice that's inside of you. It may come from a voice of someone beside you. You've been... <laughs> You've been promised heaven. What's the root? Listen, the next time we dig, let's dig up a root. Instead of digging another well. Instead of looking for another income, another friend, another... Dig a root. Get it out. See, the blessing of God throws you all off. I am blessed, but all of a sudden I'm struggling with this. That's because of the fear.
God doesn't pull back the blessing. He doesn't even pull back his gifts. He says, his gifts, if he gives you a gift, you got it. You can leave the church, you got the gift. You can leave the faith, you got the gift. It's called irrevocable. So don't, don't say, well, I'm blessed of God. I don't have to deal with it. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about having a well that brings life that is without opposition. We, don't, we can give that well up because we'll dig another one until it has open space. And we'll dig another one and it comes with an oath of God. If you know what your root is, if you know what your fear is, close your eyes and let's speak to it. Father, for all of us today, we have got a shovel in our hand and this is a victory. This is a victory because you know what? I'm not so upset. I mean, I am upset that the roots go out so far, but I got a shovel in my hand. And that thing that we've taken hold of, that anger, that self-pity, that, that spirit that wants to make us feel sorry for ourselves. And every opportunity that we go to do, we put a curse on it. That curse that comes from our past. A curse, a generational curse from our father. Our father lied. Our father moved in this fear. We cut that off. We only just cut it off. We're going to dig the root out that I planted. Just like Abraham had a vision and promise from God. And even though God gave the same promise to Isaac, he appeared to Isaac. So Isaac owned it. So though Isaac was walking in his father's curse, he also had that root. And he had to dig out himself. Father, for every well that's being dug... For every well that we go to that brings us life, Lord, may it get to the place where it's a well of open space, a well that comes with an oath that it will never be attacked. It will never be opposed. And that source of life is going to be freedom. We don't have to go home and fight. We don't have to go home in fear. We don't have to go to work in fear. We don't have to keep looking over our shoulders. I speak freedom to the people of God. As they dig that well that brings life without opposition, without fear. Lord, thank you for the body that we can gather together. That we are people that all have roots, good and bad, to dig them up. So repeat with me, especially if you know you got a shovel in your hand and you're going to be doing some work to get to the tap, to get to this. Say with me, Father, I've got my shovel in hand. Bring alongside that helper I need. Your spirit, a friend, a mate, a child, a parent. It doesn't matter. I want to cry freedom. Freedom 
from my fears in this life. And I want that freedom to be evident to all. In Jesus' name. All right? Can you practice on that a little bit? Let's give the Lord a great shout. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Have a great day.